Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of Faces of TBI and your host. Today, I will be chatting with Avivit Ben-Aharan about virtual speech therapy for TBI. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Drs. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years of combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Good Men Project, and I am author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I am editor-in-chief of The Brain Health Magazine, and you can grab a free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer, and also I encourage you to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today's guest, Avivit, is the founder and clinical director at Greats in 2014. She trailblazed virtual access to speech therapy, allowing anyone who is committed to improving their communication to receive expert services, regardless of location or scheduling limitations. When she was 14 years old, her family immigrated to the United States. At the time, she didn't speak English, and she struggled to communicate at school. This inspired her to help other people avoid the frustrations that she experienced. However, after working as a speech therapist for over a decade, she saw countless situations where people could not access the therapeutic services they needed. Traditional methods of therapy didn't integrate easily with modern-day lifestyles. She began experimenting with technology to to deliver speech therapy entirely online. Not only did this allow greater convenience, but it also enabled her to hire the best therapists in the country and leverage a highly personalized client-to-therapist pairing process. Now, Great Speech employs over 50 therapists and serves over thousands of clients with varying degrees of focus, including traumatic brain injury. So welcome to the podcast, Avivit. I am so happy to have you here today. Thank you, Amy, for having me today, and thank you for having this amazingly informative resource that is really so beneficial, not only for the patients and their caregivers, but absolutely for professionals like myself. I actually learned a lot of important information listening to your guests, so I really appreciate you putting this together. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate it. 
Um, I'm really excited today to talk about speech therapy. Um, I, you know, I, I think I've had one on in the past, um, but it's been a few years since we've talked about speech therapy. So, so thrilled to dive into that today. But first, I would love, you know, we got a real glimpse of your of where you've come from in your bio, um, but I'd love to hear a little bit more of how you came to working more specifically, you know, in the brain injury world and helping people with TBI. Absolutely. It's really very, very fascinating. And I'm very fortunate to say that many times my patients and my clients direct me in different ways and teach me so many new things along the way. So early on in my career as a speech therapist, I was working in private practice And I had a lovely mom who reached out to me looking for services for her 14-year-old son who just suffered multiple concussions post some football game or some activity outdoors. And her son didn't show any signs of external injury, but she felt like things have changed dramatically after his brain injury. Um, And even though he wasn't officially diagnosed with things early on, she felt like he wasn't processing the information the same way that he did before the injury. Mm -hmm. And really working with this particular family and this experience really changed how I view TBI, which I must admit in the past, I used to associate a TBI and stroke kind of in the same realm. Um, And I feel like I never really thought about how little protection a helmet offers Um, to the inner workings of the brain. And I think that's something so interesting because people assume, oh, I'm just going to let my kid play football and do the things that they're doing by when they wear a helmet. But really, that's not always enough. And the brain still has a lot of movement within the skull and can really be damaged just from that, even when they wear a helmet. So when I set out to create this great speech model of virtual intervention, I made sure to recruit therapists who really had that kind of experience because I felt like we can really help so many clients. Um, and again, having easy access to therapists that specialize in traumatic brain injury makes it so easy for families to connect and without any geographical limitations. Um, and they really making great progress. And even in this I know in today's era and COVID era, everybody assumes that virtual therapy has always been there, but it's really very, very um, new to the field. And we were much we were much more innovative in so many ways by starting our virtual model. And I had a lot of people who rolled their eyes and and were not sure exactly what it is that we're doing. And it took me a very long time to convince families that this is going to really help their loved ones. Um, and fast forward to today, it's so intuitive to a lot of people um, to receive ther- uh, therapy virtually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I just want to back up a minute in how this mom came to you with her son. And while he had no, you know, outward injury and he hadn't actually been diagnosed, um, the mom knew something was wrong. And mm-hmm. that is a message I try to hit home all the time, especially when I talk to parents, you know, your kid best. And even though the doctor might say, Oh, they're fine. I, you know, they don't have a concussion because concussion symptoms can take weeks and months to like show themselves. They're not always immediate and you know, your kid best. So if all of a sudden they're sleeping a lot later or they're just not processing the information or their schoolwork is um, suffering or they're having headaches or license to me, you know, there's just so many things that you as the 
as the parent, you know your child best. And even if the doctor has said they're fine, it doesn't mean they're fine. And so, you know, just listening to that mother's instinct um, is so important. And, you know, the whole helmet, the whole helmet um, debate as well. A helmet absolutely protects you um, and hopefully will prevent a further, you know, a, a more damaging injury, but it doesn't protect you from a concussion. You can still get a TBI um, even with a helmet on. So I always like to reiterate that message as well. So thank you for bringing those points up. Um, Jump into speech therapy and like, what is speech therapy? Because it is a underutilized therapy in the brain injury world, in my opinion. Um, And a lot of people don't understand why they would go to speech therapy because they can talk, right? Um, So maybe let's dive into like, what is speech therapy and how can it benefit someone after a brain injury? Absolutely. And I think it's really so important to bring awareness to potential services that are available. Um, And Mm -hmm. again, we can always assess, we can always determine whether this would be needed. Um, We personally at Great Speech, we offer complimentary consultations to all of our clients to determine whether or not this virtual model uh, can really support and benefit them. But in general, great, in general, speech therapy is, is an umbrella term for services that are provided to both children and adults. And I mean, it ranges anywhere from birth all the way to, you know, clients that are well into their 90s. Um, and basically, we support people's uh, ability to communicate, both express themselves, be able to speak, use sounds. So you often hear uh, speech therapists in the context of somebody who had a lisp or just had a difficult time pronouncing some sounds, so definitely help with that. But more globally, we use, uh, we support clients who have language impairments, um, people who have a hard time putting their thoughts together, find words, organize their ideas, be able to execute a task. So oftentimes, if clients with traumatic brain injury will say, we are I'm able to communicate. I'm able to speak to people. People understand what I'm saying, but I have a very hard time. I almost feel like I'm not being clear. My message is not being clear. People ask me sometimes to repeat myself because the information I'm trying to share is not coming across the way I would like it to be or the way it was prior to my injury. Um, Oftentimes, traumatic brain injury manifests itself in difficulty with grammar. People are having Mm -hmm. a hard time, like I said, mentioning, uh, pulling the words out, getting the right vocabulary words, pronouncing harder words. Um, So these are all areas that we can support. Of course, within speech therapy, we also support people who have issues with voice. Um, Oftentimes, after they were intubated, we can help improve their voice vocal quality. Um, So we really work with a very, very large gamut of clients. Um, And of course, in the TBI world, we definitely see clients of different ages and different circumstances. Um, And that's why we're very careful in that initial assessment to determine whether or not this virtual model will be a good model of intervention for the client. Yeah. And, you know, you talk a lot about um, you really hit on some of the key things of, you know, not being able to organize your thoughts, um, not being able to keep up with the pace of a conversation Um, and aphasia, you know, you didn't, you didn't say that word, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, aphasia, not being able to come up with the word or saying the wrong word mm-hmm. um, or, you know, saying like in the case of stroke, um, 
you might say a string of words, but it doesn't actually make a coherent sentence. Um, so cool. all those types of things, you know, would fall into speech therapy. Um, but I, I want to kind of talk a little bit about how do you help people organize their thoughts? Because this is something I see come up in my group a lot. Like they can write just fine. Like they can organize their thoughts in a written document. Um, but speaking out loud, it's like, yeah, I think part of the problem is we forget so quickly that we want to get all the words out right. before we forget them. Um, but then it just kind of comes out as a ramble and people are like, huh? <laughs> like, right. You just didn't right. make any sense. Um, so of how course. is something like of that course. addressed in speech therapy? So again, depending on exactly what the areas of weaknesses are that leads to that difficulty in expressing yourself. So is it something where you are having a harder time thinking of the words, thinking of synonyms or antonyms? We do a lot of different activities that help to build your inner lexicon, your inner vocabulary. Um, so then it's easier for you to retrieve the words, to think of words. We do a lot of practice activities. Different modalities will show video, a picture, um, you know, conversations, different, different areas that we can support the clients therapeutically through a series of activities. So it's not a one-time, let's do a therapy session and now off you go. It's something that we build upon depending on where yeah. the areas of weakness are. And then from there, we will fill in, help to fill in whatever areas that need to be supported. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's any therapy. It's not, it's never going to be one and done. You're going to need, you know, multiple, multiple sessions. Um, Yeah. You know, so what, you know, what are some examples of um, like situations that clients have come to you with um, after a brain injury? You know, what, what are some examples of things that you've helped patients um, work through and deal with? Sure. So we really, it happens to be a great um, client base because they're very motivated oftentimes and they usually have solid support system to really help them. So we really enjoy seeing how they make progress and how they move forward and achieve the goals that they set out to do. So recently it comes to mind is a lovely client, Mallory, and she actually suffered a, uh, she dehydrated. She was hanging, spending the day at the beach with friends and somehow dehydrated, which led to have to a seizure. From there, there was other complications. And she was working, she was in her mid-40s. She was working as a, as a hygienist in a doctor's office. And it was very interesting because her, her boss actually is the one who reached out and said, like, I think She's a really, really great employee. She's been working with us for years. We really love having her, but certain things that she's doing after her um, TBI just seem to be a little bit off. That's kind of how he presented it. So we obviously did some assessments to determine where her areas of weakness were and how we can support her in the intervention plan. Um, But I thought that was very interesting that he reached out, of course, with her consent to kind of discuss the plan and see how we can support her. And she was really working mm-hmm. with us for a very long time. What was nice is that during her lunch break, she would she would set up her time with the therapist during her day, during her lunch break. So if she ever had an issue with logging in or, or forgetting to, to attend or anything like that, she had the support of their office to really remind oh, her. Yeah. Um, 
So I thought that was really awesome on their part. It was such a nice team effort to really support her. And one of the things that we, we helped her work on is just organizing herself, organizing her day, teaching her some skills that she could use to remind her of things as they come up. She also had a lot of difficulty with thinking of words, so we did a lot of mm-hmm. word retriever activities, um, antonyms, synonyms, you know, kind of fill in the blanks. Um, so just helping her improve the vocabulary, I think really made a huge difference when it came to holding a conversation, being able to be a little clearer when she was speaking to others. Um, so that, I happen to think she was a fantastic case. She worked with us for, for I would say, about eight or nine months, made great progress, um, and has really been incredibly successful. She was very committed, and again, having the support of the people around her made a huge difference also. Um, yeah. So I think she's, she's a great example, and people don't think of spending a day at the beach could end up so tragically yeah. and really put her in, in you know, in cause this series of events to happen. Um, And I think this really gave her a lot of hope. And it could be very well that down the line in six months or eight months, she might return and say, you know what, these areas are now the areas that I need to focus on more, where I feel like at the beginning, these were the areas that she really wanted to target. And I think that's what's very nice about this type of virtual intervention model is you can be very fluid. And depending where you are in your life and what you schedule like, speech therapy can kind of fit in there with everything else. And it's not something that you really have to rearrange your whole life around. And having that access in during the day with the support of her office, I think made a huge difference. So yeah, I have you know, to love her story. And the whole word retrieval, it's just, mm-hmm. it's so bizarre, you know, as, as someone who's been through it, um, because you don't realize you don't know words until you go to say them and mm-hmm. you're in the middle of a sentence and you're like, where'd that word go? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, you can't even explain it to someone who hasn't dealt mm-hmm. with it. Cause you're like, Oh, I have brain farts mm-hmm. all the time too. And it's like, no, 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 this is totally different. Yeah. And you know, like right. you can explain it. Um, it's an animal. It has fur. It has a tail. It purrs. But mm-hmm. you cannot come up with cat, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's yeah, just absolutely. bizarre how our how our brains um, can the how the circuitry can get off like that. Um, you know, so yeah, and and you know, eventually over time, I learned how to compensate for it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. if if the Mm -hmm. word didn't come to my mind, I try to think of a different word or describe the word. Um, But, you know, not everybody even gets there on their own. So I would have to think, um, you know, like for me, I my neurologist just kept telling me, give it more time, give it more time, give it more time. Oh, well, it's been a year now. There's nothing we can do. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Um, And I even asked, I was like, what about OT, PT? Like, there's got to be some sort of of a T out there that I can do. And, you know, speech didn't even come up on my radar. Like, I I didn't, it wasn't even something that occurred to me. Um, So I'm glad that we're talking about it and and how it can help people. Um, You know, like the whole word retrieval, I think 
that's a huge frustration. And like I said before, organizing your thoughts, putting a sentence together. Um, and the, the big thing a lot of TVIers are guilty of is diarrhea of the mouth. Just talk, 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 mm-hmm. talk, 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 talk. And I don't know if that's a speech therapy um, um, if that's who would who would tackle that part of it or not, is that something that you guys help with? Is like when to stop talking? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And when to read the social cues. Self awareness, absolutely. And where when to read the social cues around you, which I think is also uh, something yes. that a lot of our traumatic brain brain injured patients really have to deal with. Is they have to relearn what are some of the facial expression. Yes, what, are they, yes, what is yes. this person telling you? Is he still following what you're saying or did you lose them a long time ago? And I think <laughs> it just came to me now as I'm saying this, but I'm sure having the mask on and wearing masks makes it so much harder for somebody to read those facial cues. Because yeah. again, you're kind of preventing people from being able to read each other in a very natural way. So I think that's also a big piece of it is noticing when your listener is no longer with you and being able to backtrack. And we spend a lot of time doing like role playing and noticing and videos that we, in- we introduce to the clients to be able to see whether or not they even recognize, are they reading, are they tuning in to the listener as much as they should in order to make sure that there is no communication breakdown. So I think those are the kind of things that, you know, again, in therapy, different clients present very differently. I can have a series of 10 different TBI patients with kind of the same TBI as the umbrella term, but very different areas that would need support. And where somebody has a strength, another client could totally have a weakness. So I think those are things that we have to always be mindful. Um, But there is that period that really posts a traumatic brain injury that is where the brain is really available to make changes and new, newer pathways can be created. And I think that's the time to really capture and, and really obtain therapy. But unfortunately, most patients don't always recognize the need for therapy. Or by, like you say, by the time I reached out to the doctor and asked him what I should do, it was like, all right, it's too late already. So it's, it's those kind of things that I think are so important, early awareness, making sure that we're assessed a patient who suffered some sort of a trauma to determine whether or not there's a traumatic brain uh, injury as well, and then immediately refer for some assessments. And maybe, maybe we won't start the first month, but at least we'll have a game plan so that within six weeks or eight weeks, when we feel like the patient is ready, we can begin therapy and there's a plan in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you talked about reading social cues and, it took me a while to realize that that's what my problem was. Um, I couldn't identify the difference between sarcasm or a joke or someone being serious. Um, I took everything literally and like, mm-hmm. I'd be like, gosh, that was mean. And they'd be like, that was a joke. Oh, okay. Like I just, right. I couldn't, I couldn't read it. I couldn't hear it. Um, I I just, that was a really big challenge for me for a couple Mm -hmm. of years, really, um, was just those cues of, like I said, everything, I just interpreted it literally, whether it was written Mm -hmm. or verbal. Um, Absolutely. And that that took a long time to, to understand that. Right. And I think, again, the older you are in so many ways, you've already learned that at some point in your life. So it's, it's us kind of like bringing it back to your awareness. 
but a kid who's 13 or 14 who never really understood it or learned it developmentally right. it wasn't anything where they were now they really have to understand and learn things and learn skills on a different pace than they were um, developmentally so I think that's also making it very hard for a lot of younger patients is that they're they really have to learn these skills and where some kids are just absorbing it and learning from the environment, the kids who have been affected by a traumatic brain injury will need to be taught these skills very directly. Um, and sometimes they come off as just kids, oh my gosh, my kid is just oh, ADD after his TBI just became ADD. Well, right. you know, it can be, but it's not very likely. It's likely yeah. that he's just yeah. having a hard time attending and focusing and being organized uh-huh. and really kind of like organizing the world around him. And that's what we're seeing, parents who are reaching out. And those are parents that, you know, are aware and notice that there is a shift or there is a change in their child's development and are looking for support. Yeah. Yeah. And talking, you know, about ADD and I see that all the time in my group too, that they've, their Mm -hmm. doctors have told them they have TBI induced ADD. And I'm like, no, that's not an actual thing. <laughs> like, if you right. didn't have right. ADD right. before your injury, you don't have ADD. You have a processing right. problem. Um, okay. And I was told the same thing. I the the neuropsychologist wanted to put me on Ritalin, and I was like, no. <laughs> like, right. I it's just right. it just blows my mind, right? Um, right. And right. it's. I, you know, so, so glad to have people like and, you out there who understand this and can help us. And, and, and again, I think that's kind of, kind of coming full circle and saying, like, I think having a podcast series like yourself sharing this kind of information, hopefully somebody's hearing it and saying, you know what? this is my kid, this is what he sounds like, or this mm-hmm. is my husband after his, his TBI, or this is my father, yeah. or whatever it is, and at least reach out. We can try to see if there's something for us to do that we can support and improve or not, but we, don't, we can't help you if you're not going to reach out. And unfortunately, a lot of physicians are not making the necessary referrals either. No. So then it's, it's, it's the lack of information is certainly not, not helping the TBI patients. And I think that's really so important to bring to people's attention. And today, the fact is that we can do things virtually. It makes life so Mm -hmm. much easier and it allows somebody who is in a very remote area in wherever still to be able to receive individualized therapy from a therapist who's experienced and really has the knowledge to help them with their TBI. Yeah. And, you know, some, sometimes they can't even really get out of the house. Like, like the mm-hmm. act of getting mm-hmm. ready to leave the sure. house is enough mm-hmm. to take up all their energy. Um, so I Absolutely. love the idea of, of virtual therapy. Yeah. So yeah. I, we are just about out of time and I would love to wrap up just by asking, you know, like your final, final thoughts for our listeners today, you know, someone that's listening, that's been struggling, you know, what, what are your final words of wisdom for them? So reach out. We are just a phone call away or, you know, uh, a search away, greatspeech.com, reach out, speak to us, see how we can support you. Um, We're happy to share resources and really make sure that this is a good fit for your loved one. You don't need to struggle. You don't need to suffer. And if, there, if you feel like your quality of life has deteriorated due to your T 
TBI or certain things are much more challenging for you than they were previously, that's probably due to your TBI, and we can try to help improve that. And communication is so essential. So yeah. much of yeah, our is. life is dependent on communication. So really ensuring that you're communicating in a way that makes you feel good and you feel comfortable with, I think is, is really, really worth it to, to go after that and really make sure that you're improving your quality of life. Yeah. And Aviva, thank you so much for being here today and sharing and anyone listening. I do have the show notes. Um, I do have it linked. It's greatspeech.com. Um, so there is a direct link in the show notes for anyone that would like to uh, look you guys up and learn a little bit more. But thank you so much for being oh, yeah. here and just for sharing such yeah. great information today. I really appreciate you, and I appreciate the work that you do, and I look forward to hopefully connecting at some point again. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, and thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And just, again, you can um, find greatspeech.com. You can find that in the show notes. And just another big thank you to our sponsor, Integrated Brain Centers. You can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. And you can always find previous episodes on most streaming platforms, such as iTunes, or you can go to facesoftbi.com to find all previous podcasts. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And also a reminder to join Amy's TBI tribe on Facebook. Thank you all for listening and thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode.